Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Leo Effects. Tonight I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm super excited to be talking to her tonight, and I hope that you all have really enjoyed this interview as much as I do. Please allow me to welcome to you Patricia Matson. How are you? Hey, how are you, Ray? I'm doing good. Oh, that's fantastic. We had a little bit of technical hiccup, but we're all good now, and we're getting ready to roll right into this. So the Amen. first question that I have is... Uh, you know, can you tell the listeners what some of your more predominant roles might have been? I think that the role I'm likely most known for is Sylvanas Windrunner for World of Warcraft. I think, I, you know, I've been playing her for almost 15 years, 14 years. So it's been a long time with that character, which isn't terribly common to have in, in a game. Um, and especially, you know, in a game with a, with books and so many things associated with it. So I would say that she is 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 likely that the one that I'm, you know, most well known for. Um, Captain Underpants was on recently, and I played Misanthrop, um, Harold's mom, and a couple other ancillary characters on that uh, series on Netflix. Um, but they just stopped at three seasons for that. Um, heartbreaking. I thought it was such a fun show. <laughs> um, and I did Care Bears for a few seasons, uh, 2012 to 16, and then a number of other things. You know, there's, you know, toys and, and, uh, Enchantimals and just so many crazy things. Uh, beat bow and you know, it's all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. But I would say most people would know me for Sylvanas. Absolutely. I mean, you really have. You've you've done quite a number of things. And, you know, I, what was that, 2004 that World of Warcraft first uh Yeah, I think I, yeah, well, I came on um, at about Warcraft 3. So oh. in Warcraft 3 was the turnover. Um, there was another young lady who played uh, Sylvanas just before me, Piera Coppola. And so I think in Reforged, um, they are using that original voice. And I, in all honesty, I can't remember if I did do some lines in that game. I think I maybe didn't. Um, but regardless, from there forward, yeah. <laughs> and how different was that going from such a iconic quote unquote villain to doing stuff like Captain Underpants. Uh, you know, it's a blast. You really get a chance to see uh, 
just incredible writers on such a broad scale, right? And with such different uses. Um, and just it's just a it's just a joy. As much versatility as you can have, it makes the the gig interesting, right? Right. What was it that made you decide to become a voice actor in the first place? Well, um, you know, I started singing and in theater school really young. And that path sort of led me into music in my teens. And I did a ton of gigs and session work. I was always doing, you know, goofy, crazy voices in the studio. Um, I recorded a ton of parody soundalikes for Clear Channel Radio um, premiere radio with the uh, amazing comedy team of Ram, I, Rob Eisenberg and Larry Morgan and Tim Pilcher, um, as well as children's records like An Alligator Ate My Asparagus and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and, you know, I started getting asked to do more of that sort of crazy stuff, you know, and some commercial stuff. And I ended up with enough material for a demo. Um, so I added other characters and bits that I kind of wrote and pulled together little, you know, voices that I did that I had not gotten sort of hired to do. Um, and I got an agent, uh, took a number of classes with some, you know, top VO teachers here in LA, uh, as well as continuing a number of acting classes and workshops. And it just, I don't know, I guess I would say it sort of just evolved. <laughs> cool. Is it, did you have like an inspiration? You know, as a kid, um, I would say when I was six, I saw Lily Tomlin doing Edith Ann on TV and I just decided I was going to do that monologue at our school talent show. Oh. Um, I'll never forget. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. I got a standing ovation. And I was just like, well, this is cool. Um, <laughs> and from there, it led me to uh, theater school, at the Children's Theater uh, in Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, although I deviated into music in my teens, um, there were so many, like, classic animated characters and character actors that have made an impact, right? So mm -hmm. um, those inspirations are broad, uh, you know, in the world of just, you know, what you grow up watching, um, you know, late, obviously Disney, Snow White, Lady and the Tramp, all of those really great shows that you watched and were like, you know, imitating some comedy thing or that's just what, as kids, you know, you find those things that, that resonate with you. Um, and so I would say I just, I, I don't, I can't even explain it. I was a kid who was compelled. <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a good way to be, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're six, you don't even understand why you're doing something. You're just like, oh, that looks fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to do that. My, my mom was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in the school talent show next week. I'll, you know, That's come see cool. me. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of your mom, like, did you have a lot of support from family and friends when you said, hey, I'm going to go do these voices and, you know, be behind the scenes and all that. Or did they think you were just out of your gourd? Uh, well, I, I got a lot of um, support from my mom. She's literally an angel. Um, you know, she got me into the theater school. Uh, you know, if your parents recognize that you have sort of a, a, you know, an ability to do something and they have the ability to direct you, um, that's ideal. And mm -hmm. I was always encouraged to go for it. She's a huge believer in big dreams and ideas and that those things can happen. And honestly, more than I was. Um, and also my sister, uh, I'm sorry, my mom's sister, my Aunt Carol, who now lives in Denver, was an excellent and is an excellent actress and singer. And she was super encouraging both theatrically and musically. And uh, my sister and I used to sing and play acoustic guitar with her. And, you know, it was so fun. So I always received a lot of um, support. Uh, 
whether whether it was young in the you know even in the theater I was you know picked to do singing stuff and so then that that singing sort of took over in my teens but um whether it was that or the evolution of where I landed um yeah I've been very fortunate that's fantastic and with such a huge background in singing why didn't you continue to pursue that you know I I did I um in my teens, I did a lot of demos, and uh, my first producer was Des Dickerson of Prince and the Revolution. He was the original lead guitarist of that um, group, and I had a production deal with him. And then I came out to Los Angeles um, with a friend who was a part of a band called The Boys Club. It was a spinoff of The Jets. Oh. And um, yeah, I came to sing on that record, and I ended up staying in Los Angeles. Um, Des and I had been working together for like a year, and there, you know there was a real crossroads decision there. I often wonder gosh, what would have happened had I gone home and pursued that, um, you know, finished out that project with Des. But um, instead, I stayed here. I had some great producers, was shopped to record companies. We had a development deal at BMG. Um, that sort of kind of fell apart. I had a number of other producers and projects that happened along the way while I did live gigs literally all over the world with bands from two to 33 pieces um, with Leonard Neal Orchestra, L.A. Beat, um, and a number of others, um, and a ton of session work as a singer, you know, commercials, jingles, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, sometimes those things, the pieces just don't fall into place. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I had an audition for star search of all things. And <laughs> oh, the guy who, who signed us at BMG was the, was the guy doing the audition. And he looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? And so it was just crazy, you know, the, the way these kinds of roads play out. Um, and then eventually I did my own records. You know, I had a bunch of original material and I just wanted to finish it and get it on a record. So mm -hmm. um, then I put together the records that I have now. Um, but it's expensive, you know, and if you don't have the marketing and things to really push those into a, a mainstream sort of uh, exposure, uh, it's it's difficult to get it moved into a place where it's playing on terrestrial radio. I think it's on Spotify and, and these kinds of, you know, venues, but, uh, yeah. And, and, the, and the business evolved. So it's, uh, it's crazy how it all turns out. Right. Absolutely. You know, like you said, it's weird how our crossroads kind of weave around and, and we end up where we do, but we're glad that you did. Cause if, if you hadn't have taken the roads that you did, you wouldn't be here on my show talking about being a voice actor. Yeah, you know, it is. I think it's a natural if you're an actor or somebody who does any kind of sort of comedy or improv or parody work. Um, I was also in a recording studio, you know, since I was a teenager. So it really was a natural place for me. I, I had a bit of a leg up having spent so much time in one. And so all the etiquette of that is wasn't foreign to me. I felt like I belonged there, that that mm -hmm. was home for me. Um, and gigs are always fun. But um you know, doing voiceover, it allows you to stretch into an, another arena. Um, and it just was sort of a natural extension. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it was I all part of that. the same. It was all part of the same big dream. <laughs> right. I just ah. wanted to make a living doing something I thought I was good at and I had fun doing. You know, and isn't that what we all really want out of life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was a little averse to sort of fame, too. I was always worried that it was like not be good enough or, um, you know, my, I set my bar so high. And uh, I think that that can sometimes interfere if you're 
you really want to make a living doing something that you love, but you sort of aren't driven by fame, right? So you love doing your gig, but getting famous, you're more like, well, I don't know, I might be kind of paranoid if I was. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I don't know that I'd be the best person for that. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a crazy journey. Yeah. But you do, but you're chasing it and you're achieving it and you know that's all we can ever hope to do. Oh God, but yeah, right. Do you you've done animation and you've done video games? Do you have a preference over one over the other? You know, I think I like being able to dip into a variety of ages and different work, just like the, the you know the juxtaposition of uh, Warcraft versus um, Underpants or Beatbow or some you know Hey Mom little kid thing you know. <laughs> It keeps it interesting. And also, you know, you get to bring to life what amazing writers create. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really a blessing because they are so good. Yeah. And on that on that note, I would like to ask, like, how do you personally come up with like a character's voice or a personality? Like, how do you practice it and come up with it? You know, I don't I don't I think we have like a each of us has like a window that our voice operates in, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think some of us have more latitude, like, a, you know, a four octave voice. So you're able to really do a lot of different things. And other people have just a, a thing they do, but they do it great. And they're the Discovery Channel guy, right? Or they're the Hulu guy. Or they're the, and that's not to say they can't do anything else, but they have a, a, a footprint that's, you know, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I just have uh, some latitude, um, and and I think I just read stuff and try to find what fits. And and you know it's it's not that easy sometimes to line that stuff up, um, because there's a lot of really talented actors out there who are you know vying for some of that same work. Um, right. But I just I don't know. I read it and I get an idea in my head of where I think that character sits in my little wheelhouse, and. Um, if I think it has an accent, but much of the time they're telling us, right? So the breakdown is giving you some tidbits of examples and things that touch stones that they sort of want where they want you to sit. Mm. And uh, you usually try to dial that in it, it, within the realm of what you do. Yeah, I can buy that, that for sense. a dollar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is it strange hearing a character voice that you've done on the TV? You know, I think it's it's fun to hear what you did before, um, even musically. Sometimes it's even hysterical. You know, you listen back to something you recorded when you were 18, and you think, what is that? Especially if it's a <laughs> song you wrote, and you're like, oh, my God. Um, it can be funny. Um, and it's also interesting to hear where your voice was then and now. Um, and, and you always end up saying, I wish I would have done that different. You know, there's there's that piece of you that's always sort of, thinking oh i might have done that differently now Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for me musically i think that often i'll hear something i did and think oh that should have been in a different key and i'd change that lyric now and you know um but yeah it's uh, it's but it's fun to hear i think it helps you grow yeah absolutely and i think it reminds you of your successes and you need that because this is a tough tough very competitive business and you put in a ton of time auditioning. And oftentimes those things don't, you don't get the things that you put out there. So you really have to stay okay with that and um, not let it sort of junk your brain. Yeah, that's some great advice right there. 
<laughs> have you done any conventions or like um, autograph signings or anything like that? What BlizzCon for the, I've gone to BlizzCon for the past five years for the voice actors panel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And last year was just so much fun because we got to reenact the death of Sarfang. Um, and Andrew Morgado plays Sarfang. He's just got such a delicious voice. And of course, Josh uh, Keaton was there who plays um, Anduin. And then the wonderful directors and, and writers, you know, Christy and, and uh, uh, Steve Denuser and uh, Andrea Toyas. I mean, we had a, you know, Taryn Gregory, all, we had a group there and uh, it was so much fun. I thought everybody did a great job. So I love, love BlizzCon. <laughs> and did you have anybody come up as your character? Oh God, yes. <laughs> it, you know, and it's so great to see. I wanted to get pictures with them. I was like, hi, can I get my picture with you? <laughs> I mean, they were just so terrific, really. Um, and the enthusiasm, right? I mean, I just love that everybody's so enthusiastic and has so much passion. And it's really great to connect with the fans and your fellow voice actors and the creators. So, yeah, um, the cosplay is awesome. Yeah. And do you have anything, you know, maybe in the works or coming up that you're allowed to talk about? You know, you kind of can't. <laughs> um, there's, you know, there's always little stuff happening in this world, like commercials that you do that nobody really knows about and um the looping where you might do a uh, loop a show like i did um netflix dark or a, a, you know there's others um i have a video game but I, I can't say what it is but you know until they come out you're sort of like you know mm -hmm. just working on stuff um and once they come out you can say hey you guys check me out and blah 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 yep, <laughs> those darn ndas <laughs> oh man already what's going on <laughs> but the smaller stuff too is just you know commercials and things that you don't on the day-to-day -day, you know because if you're doing it for a living you're doing a lot of different kinds of stuff there's so much you you might not even recognize mm -hmm. you know the people so yeah yeah have you done any kind of improv work uh, yeah i have you know um i like uh groundlings i thought that that was really a, a fun place to study um I like doing improv, yeah. Okay. Do you prefer improv to script work, or do you like that writers handle that part for you? You know, I think um, I think that improv is great, and it's great to add to as an adjunct to what a great writer writes. Because some of these scripts are, you know, these writers are really, really good. And so if you can bring, you know, bring yourself to that... Um, and add, you know, and, you know, it's funny. Some people really like improv and other people do not want you to deviate from the script. Mm -hmm. um, it is fun to do, though. But, <laughs> you know, you just throw out there what your crazy ideas are and you see what lands. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have to suffer through uh, script changes when you were doing a lot of your work? Um, I don't think there, it's, there's necessarily a suffering th uh, aspect to that. Um, I like direction. And even uh, if they have like a read in their head, I always say, listen, if you've got something in your head that you're like, you want to hear it like this, I have no problem doing that. You know, just like, go ahead, uh, serve it up, right? Let's, let's right. do it and see how it sounds because, um, you know, it's all good. So script changes, you just kind of roll with it. Sometimes they... There's usually some because, you know, uh, once somebody hears something back, they're like, you know, I want to change that to to this or let's do it both ways and then we'll pick the one we like later. So oftentimes as um, 
like with the recent uh, Warcraft cinematic for Shadowlands, um, I didn't even hear that or see it until BlizzCon. Wow. I did not hear or see the finished product. And uh, arguably, or uh, I didn't see it until literally after I left because I kept going to the big screens to see it. And I kept <laughs> missing it because I was doing the signings or doing the thing, right? And then, you know, I stopped on my way out to, to, to sign for as many people as I could. So I literally didn't see it until I left. But so I didn't know what selections they made. You know, when you record something, you do a number of different things. And I didn't know what they picked. So, uh, yeah, it's fun to see what the writers and creators end up using. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I would kind of like to shift gears a little bit, if that's okay, and kind of get no, to please. get to know Patty a little better, if I may be so bold. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first, not personal, I wouldn't say, but just kind of like get to know you question is, what do you do for a hobby or what do you do to unwind after a long day? Um, I really like to start my day by hitting the gym. Um, I love cardio kickbox, body works, Pilates and cycling. I pretty much uh, circulate those four classes. Um, I really love the gym. I'm a huge advocate for physical fitness and I think we all desperately need it to strengthen our bones and keep our minds sharp. And it really elevates your endorphins. It can really change your state of mind if you're having a rough, uh, rough day. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, watching my favorite shows, of course, reading a good book, talking to family and friends on the phone these days, right? <laughs> yeah. Where are you at home? Oh my God. <laughs> um, but actually since last year I started playing world of Warcraft because one of the fans in the game became a friend of mine and she offered to take me through the game. And I had never played a video game because I always got a little dizzy, right? As a young person, I, I never, it never sort of stuck with me. I just mm. didn't wasn't a gamer. So when she offered to take me through, I was worried that, uh, you know, I get this sort of motion weird. Uh, I was worried it would make me dizzy, but um, it didn't. She also gave me this really cool, um, she's from Australia, and she gave me this cool drum thing that you listen to, uh, and it actually really works on wow. dizziness. But that's a different thing. But uh, in any case, I was amazed at this game. I mean, I cannot believe this stuff exists. I can't believe that hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people can interact in a universe with so many things happening at once together. And you yeah. can get on Discord, hear your friends in your headset. You know, you're playing with your tunes, running quests. And and I just am so enamored with the game. I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's great. It's always, it's always good to you know, break away from reality every now and again. But I agree with you that working out is definitely important. Oh, yeah. But, you know, as far as the game goes, it is right now especially such a wonderful thing because you really can escape the things you're worried about, right? Mm -hmm. And you really can have a social activity and laughs and, and all of that. And, and it's just really a blessing. Um, but I also have my kitties, Willow and Tabitha, who Aww. I love dearly. I had a dog for many years, uh, rest his soul, the Dean. Oh, um, he was sorry. A beautiful, yeah, it's all good. He was a beautiful blue brindle pit. But um, yeah, so I'm a pet lover. And between all that, it keeps me running and gunning. <laughs> well, surely during all of this, you have to have time to eat at some point. What would of be, course. What would be your, your go-to food? Um, you know, my, my dad's mom was 100% Northern Italian, and she could cook. So I grew up with incredible Italian food. 
Um, one of my favorites is, is her side of the family, the Rodrigo's uh, meatballs and sauce, porchetta. Um, but I also like stuff like Trader Joe's ham and Gruyere flatbread pizza, mm-hmm. pomegranate seeds. You know, there's a chicken salad up at Maynard's um, in Excelsior, Minnesota called Franny's Chicken Salad. It's so good. <laughs> and then I make my own homemade choc- uh, hot cocoa with marshmallows, and I like it with Whole Foods Baby Bully Toast. Oh, it's so Ooh. good. And I also make a really yummy version of Jock Torres chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I hope on that note, everybody is now very hungry. <laughs> yeah, listen, Ben and Jerry's makes the best hot fudge brownie sundae in the uh, universe. Yeah, All I've right. tried it. Um, there, mm-hmm. There's your pitch. <laughs> there you go. And do you have any pet peeves, just things that really kind of annoy the poo right out of you? I mean, listen, I, I think we we probably all do. Um, you know, in our profession, we are constantly thinking of uh, not only the auditions that we have for the future, but the work we have to deliver today. Mm-hmm. So we're all a little germaphobic, I would say, out the gate. Um, and things like being on an airplane and someone doesn't cover their mouth when they sneeze or cough. I mean, long before what's happening now ha- even happened, I would always be like, I don't understand this. Why wouldn't you just like, especially if you have a little sniffle or something, carry a little tissue in your pocket or, you know, use your arm as we all know is an, is an effective or just inside your coat. I don't know why, you know, uh, folks don't do that. I think this is going to help us what's going on now to get better at that. Oh, absolutely. Um, But it's, it's a big concern because for us, if we lose our voice, we not only lose the work we're doing, but we lose the ability to audition, which sets up work for us in the future. Mm-hmm. So the loss of your voice for four days could result in, you know, 30 days of, of work, uh, ricochet war, you know, it's like a ripple. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the germ thing is, uh, yeah, uh, it's a definitely a pet peeve and that, <laughs> and in general, that to me is sort of like a thoughtless behavior moment. And I think oftentimes we forget how the little things we do in life can impact those around us. And so, if you think something's like no big deal because you slammed a door in someone's face or you just weren't very nice or whatever, we all have these moments. But that kind of thoughtlessness has an echo too. So if we can all work on being more thoughtful, it, you know, and it's not always easy for any of us, myself included, um, I think it makes us better people. And so I like it when I see that. Right. That's, it's always great to see. And I want to see more of it in myself, right? Mm-hmm. If there was anything I could make more sort of prevalent in my person, I would say it would be this continue to be thoughtful of others, continue to think about how your activity affects somebody around you, right? However minor, you have the, your smile could really help somebody who's having a really rough day. Um, You opening up that door, if you cut somebody off, you just wave, hey, I'm sorry. And even if they're yelling at you, hey, dummy, you're like, I'm sorry, oh shoot, you know, yikes, we all make mistakes. It's, I'm sorry, bud. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't, I didn't see you, you know, if we <laughs> yeah. take those, you know, we take those moments to do that, um, it can make such a, a difference and you don't even realize how much of a difference you might make in someone's life around you. Absolutely. Strive yeah. to be a better person today than you were yesterday. Amen. Right. <laughs> Amen. So my last question for you on an official kind of, uh, tone here is, what advice would you give to a brand new voice actor setting out in this career? Mm, you know, I would say go take a class in your community. 
If you cannot take one in person, which inevitably you kind of need to do, take one virtually right now, but you need to get into a booth in front of a mic and you need to read scripts, a variety of scripts, get feedback, get directed, um, hear what other people are doing, see the, the studio etiquette and also how comfortable you are in that environment. You know, voiceover can be a fairly socially isolating gig. You have to be the kind of person who can come up with a lot of things on your own um, to some degree, invent sort of creative things on your own and um, work alone. You're auditioning alone, you know, um, so you're going to spend a lot of time in a booth alone. And then you have to, you know, edit your work. If you're working in your studio from home and you're getting some work at home, eventually you're going to be doing the editing for that. You have to be the kind of personality that is not mm, bummed out by that, right? Mm -hmm. You don't feel too lonely or too isolated because you might find, hey, that all looks really glamorous, but the work that goes into all of that isn't something I, you know, I like to be out, 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 right? Um, and there are aspects of this that definitely take you out. Um, but much of the legwork prior to your gig is uh, um, something you do alone. Uh, having said that, I would identify my voice print. I'd say, what am I good at? Where where do I sit in the world of am I articulate and uh, you know machine gun fire? Am I smooth and 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 pretty? Can I develop those things? Am I warm? Am I where do I sit and where do I fit? Um, because there's work in audiobooks, uh, narration, promos, uh, animation, um, and animation encompasses, of course, video games now, um, and also take an acting class, because many of these video games and these kinds of things, you really do need to be an actor, and the kind of acting you do alone in front of a mic is different than having that person in front of you, you know, when you're live on stage, um, but you're still seeing that person. It's like, who are you talking to, right? Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. seeing that little kid that you're talking to or that person across from you. You really have to see that um, and have that imagination and, and vision. Um, so I'd say get in there and, and take a class where you can be with your peers, identify your voice print, and really see if it's a fit for you. Uh, do, do you like it? Um, and do you want to, you know, you might have to keep another gig. Because uh, it can be, you can have a lot of auditions with deadlines that you need to get in, but if you're not book, if the work isn't, you're not booking the work, you need to do work that you can make a living doing while you're putting that out there, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. as every actor knows that you can have times where you book something and you're rolling in like sunshine, and then all of a sudden you're like, hi, pick me. Um, that's just part of the business. And okay. you have to be okay with that thing and maybe have some other stuff going on to fill that void so you can stay frosty and enthusiastic about your gig, right? Yeah. That is some absolutely fantastic advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably heard it from a bunch of us, but you know. No, uh, no. That, it's a, that's, I mean, of course, taking classes is super important. And, you know, that one's been brought up before. But just the way you articulated it and kind of just presented it in, in such a fashion, like that's unique to you. And I loved uh, every minute of it. Well, good, good. I think that it's important we do what we love, but it, but that we recognize, A, what we're good at. B, what are our strengths? I mean, everyone has strengths and weaknesses. It's all good. We're mm -hmm. not all good at everything, right? Right. Most of us have like a secret 
thing that we're good at. Nobody knows we're really good at, right? <laughs> but where does all that stuff sort of meld and fit together? Um, and do you like it? Is it something you can handle long term? And can you manage your finances that can be a little bit financially insecure during the lean times? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. With the last little bay here, I'd like to open it up if if you would like to and let the listeners know um, your different social medias and where they can follow along with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a website. It's patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Matson M-A-T-T-S-O-N dot com. Um, there, all my social links are there to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I don't. I don't know why I'm not on Instagram a ton. I, a ton. I try to uh, populate that from time to time, but um, I probably on Twitter more and post on Facebook. And I do like these little inspirational things on my website that I like to interchange: Sunday funnies and thoughts for the day and things like that that are on the front page of my website that I'll circulate through Twitter, Facebook, um, but mostly. Twitter and Facebook. And there's, you know, the IMDB link there, mm-hmm. as well as all my music, my demos. There's a page under voiceovers, jingles and session work that has all the uh, Sylvanas cinematics from Warcraft, which is if you scroll down, you'll see those. I try to get those into the page as soon as they become, you know, you can use them. Uh, <laughs> right so, yeah, that's probably a good way to find me. And on the music page, you can go right to my player and scroll through it and hear my three records. Um, yeah. So. Awesome. There you have it. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so, so very much for coming on the show and talking to me today. You were absolutely amazing. And it's just been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Hey, thank you so much for thinking of me, for having me. Anybody who's listening to this, you guys, uh, thanks for, you know, the support. And, uh, you know, check out the the remake of of, um, Lament of the Highborn on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> there you go i redid that uh, in a little different fashion cool when you know just as you said thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check this out make sure you stay tuned and and go to all the social medias of patties and click the links and the bells and the likes and follows and all that good stuff keep up with all the goings-ons there's definitely more to come i have no doubt about that and thank you all very much we'll see you next time until next time <laughs> Oh, now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.